41, the moon is full. You make love very well. You touch me like I touch myself. I like you, mademoiselle. There's nothing I would rather do. They move around just like this. But do I have to dance all night? Do I have to dance all night? Who tell me bird of paradise? Do I have to dance all night? Hello, and welcome back to Lenny and Coco, the Leonard Cohen podcast. I'm your host, Ned. And I'm your host, Kinley. Delighted to have you back. Uh, Today, we're discussing recent songs, the album from 1979. Side B. Side B. We've gone through side A. We've been... um... Whelmed. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. For the first time in the history of the world, someone's been whelmed. Yeah. And it's us. Yeah. (laughs) Um, well, before we get back into that, um, I don't have a review this time again. Okay. I couldn't find a a particularly engaging review, Mm. but I found an interview between Leonard Cohen and a writer named Elizabeth Thompson from a publication called Folk Tracks. Okay. And it gives us just a lot of, uh, quotations from Leonard Cohen that are wide ranging and unfocused uh perhaps not coincidentally right maybe that's uh just where the man's head is at these days yeah uh so we've just got some quotations that are just about random topics okay (laughs) and uh i'll read them and we'll see if they interest us so here he's talking about uh his the perception of him as uh, an artist for depressed people and that he just makes depressing music. And uh-huh. all that. We've heard that before. Yes. He says, the confusion of seriousness with gloominess is an inaccurate understanding. We have an appetite for seriousness and we can be destroyed as easily by mindless frivolity as we can by obsessive depression. Somewhere in between, there's a condition that is quite peaceful. It's called seriousness and it's an appropriate response to a number of things that happen to be going on on the crust of this star. That's great. Yeah, no, I think that's... Uh, totally right yeah um, i yeah i agree his music can be depressing of course sometimes of course. it is especially on songs of love and hate uh-huh um but it is a total misconception that that's just like who he is as a musician yeah absolutely um, there's tons of joy and beauty and love in his music yeah more than there is depression and yeah darkness and sadness I mean, that's why people love him. Like, he wouldn't have so many lifelong fans if it was just nothing but darkness and depression. It's true. Funny that he calls the earth a star, but... Oh, (laughs) yes, so he does. Maybe he's getting into astrology. I don't that that I mean, astrology doesn't say earth's a star, but... No. (laughs) That just makes me think of that for some reason. Yeah. But yeah, seriousness. Mm-hmm. That that is the word, and think yeah uh, for sure. Maybe our problem with this album is that it's serious without much else. Mm. But we know when it works, 
Leonard Cohen's seriousness is uh, something that really speaks to us. Yeah, for sure. Okay, what else does he say? This one's kind of interesting, although it uses a uh, a word we don't say anymore. But he says about uh, where he lives, uh, which at this time is uh, split between Montreal and L.A. pretty much. Mm-hmm. But he also goes to Europe a lot. But he likes to travel between Montreal, Canada, and L.A., America, yeah. and New York as well. And he says, I am very much a Montrealer, but I like to feel like an Indian. They don't have to respect that border. I like to be on the move. America is a great, vast, bewildering, indescribable human experiment. And I don't want to lose touch with what's going on there. Okay. Which I think is interesting because uh, as Canadians, obviously, we like to claim Leonard Cohen. Yeah. And people like that. Yeah. But of course, people like Leonard Cohen, Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, they went to America and did a lot of their major work. That's true. In America. Yeah. Which isn't to say that they've renounced Canadianness or anything. Yeah. But it is uh, interesting to see people like Leonard Cohen as figures that sort of transcend this idea of nationality. You know? Mm, yeah. They don't have to be just Canadian or American or in Leonard's case, British or French or German. Sure. Israeli, whatever. Mm-hmm. He moves freely. Yeah. Which is... You know, obviously, something you can do easier when you're uh, a star, yeah, and a famous man. But it just seems like a a a nice way to live, but b an interesting figure to to be discussing. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. Um, finally, we've wondered often what Leonard Cohen thinks of the movies. I don't know if we've wondered it on mic yet, but I'm always asking, did he go to the movies? What yeah, did he yeah. like? Yeah. Did he see The Lord of the Rings in theaters? <laughs> yeah. We don't know. I've looked it up. He doesn't talk about it much. But in this interview, <gasps> well, don't get your hopes up too oh. high. But he <laughs> says that he laughs at all the right and wrong places in all the movies. So okay. he, do- he does go to movies. Okay. He just won't tell us which ones he likes. Yeah. And according to him, he has inappropriate reactions. Yeah. Yeah. He's just laughing the whole way through. Yeah. <laughs> He goes to see Chinatown and he's (laughs) just a barrel of laughs. But yeah, we'll keep you posted if we learn more about Leonard Cohen's taste in film. His his secret letterboxed account. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All I know so far is he once referred to Woody Allen as a cinema master. Oh, right. It's unclear if that was from personal experience or if he had just been informed. Right. That that was Woody Allen's (laughs) career. Um, so yeah, we'll keep you posted. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get to side B now. Yeah. Um, although one quick note first, uh, incredibly. Okay. So last week I said that death of a ladies man must've been, or it was the album that our theme song, do I have to dance all night would have been on. Yeah. In fact, they actually recorded a version of do I have to dance all night for this album. Whoa, that's so weird. I know. <laughs> oh my um, God. I'd love to hear it one day if a Leonard Cohen bootleg series ever comes out. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't on this album. Yeah, like, I hate to think how they would have treated that. Yeah, weird. What a weird choice. Yeah. Uh, can you, how would that even I fit don't know. In I mean, if they changed it completely, maybe, but then like, what would be the point of that song if you don't have the dancey chorus? Well, or the alternative is they would they would have, you know, shoehorned it in and it just wouldn't have fit. 
Or maybe it would have been uh, the one banger that tied this whole thing together. Maybe. Probably not, but maybe. Yeah. Anyway. Interesting. Okay. We're still waiting for that Leonard Cohen bootleg series announcement. Might be waiting until the day we die. But, yes. <laughs> uh, Unfortunately. We'll keep you posted on that too. Mm-hmm. So side beat, we start with the traitor. Yes. It's sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful too. Yeah, it is. Yeah. I like this song quite a lot, actually. Oh, yeah. Uh, I can't fully explain this, but to me, this song feels just uh, complete and whole. Cool. Um, Somehow I get a picture of like a wooden sculpture kind of thing. It kind of looks like a wicker basket, but it's made of wood. Yeah. Like there's like spaces between it. You know, it's kind of like um, in the Game of Thrones credits that like, uh, that like chandelier thing that's like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit like that, except it's square. In yeah. The, <laughs> the point is that you can pick it up and you can like turn it around and you can like look at it and shake it, whatever. Yeah. And it doesn't fall apart and well, it stays I- together strong. And somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know why. That's what this song is in my head. I'm I'm loving that. Um, okay. It just sounds good, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Everything fits together. Mm-hmm. I also love this line, uh, should rumor of a shabby ending reach you? Yeah. Talking to his mother. It was half my fault and half the atmosphere. Yeah, that's... Shabby endings. Ooh. Yeah, that's that. good. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. I was curious about half the atmosphere. What that was, um, what that was meant to evoke, or what? If you, if you, well, it makes me think of just uh, this is a song about um, love and getting stuck in a relationship, sort of. Mm-hmm. Maybe not getting stuck, but being there in a relationship. Yeah, that you're not ready to leave, which requires lying and pretending. Yeah, which is. Uh, just uh, on its own, that's really interesting. I don't know if I know another song about that. Yeah, um, absolutely. But that is something that happens. People do. Yeah. Because um, I mean, like, it's not even. It's not even always terrible or bad. Like, sometimes you just uh, the timing's not right. You know? Yeah. And totally, you, you might even be sparing someone's feelings by uh, delaying the end. Not everyone would agree with this. It's, yeah. it's an issue up for debate. But yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know any other songs about this. So anyway, that's uh, what this song is about. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about uh, love and sex and relationships. And he's the character in the song is telling his mother, I must leave you. Preserve my room, but do not shed a tear. Should rumor of a shabby ending reach you, it was half my fault and half the atmosphere. That just makes me think of like... Uh, Sort of the mood of the times, you know, mm, we're talking mm-hmm. about like the 1970s and yeah. it's just like the shabby ending is just, uh, you know, a man being not what his mother wants him to be and uh, maybe engaging in love affairs that are uh, not what uh, his mother's generation would consider appropriate. Yeah. Then it's uh, the atmosphere that could be to blame, perhaps. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, there are um, there are some great lyrics in this one. One that just I felt very deeply like punched me in the gut was um, but I lingered on her thighs a fatal moment. 
I kissed her lips as though I thirsted still. My falsity had stung me like a hornet. The poison sank and it paralyzed my will. And that is just, uh, that is just a verse that, that really, I'm just like, I feel it so clearly. That is a place that I have been in (laughs) before and, uh, it hurts. Yeah. 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 I was struck by, uh, Daily, I renew my idle duty. It's oh just yeah, a, that whole a last, harsh blow of a line. Yeah, that whole last verse is also. Yeah, I damn. think this whole th- it's really cool because this is like um, sort of abstract in a sense, like we've been saying of some of the other songs on here. Yeah, like the story is a story, but it's all metaphor. Mm-hmm. Basically, the character is just not in love with someone anymore. Yeah, but isn't ready to leave and so is pretending to be but this is told through a metaphor of this character being a soldier yeah or even a commander of an army and even though this is like a level of remove and abstraction it really works for me cool to think that this like i there's a lot of images so that helps yeah there's a lot of romanticism and it's just i'm able to uh to follow an arc of this song, whereas mm. a lot of the songs in this album might get lost. And even I, if it starts out strong or if the idea is good, it doesn't carry me all the way through. Yeah. And this one basically sense. does. Um, like every verse here pretty much has something interesting going on and mm-hmm. it like leads into the next one. Like I, it, the verse right after the one you said, so that ended, the poison sank and it paralyzed my will. And so because he's paralyzed, I could not move to warn all the younger soldiers that they had been deserted from above. So on battlefields from here to Barcelona, I'm listed with the enemies of love. Yeah, wow. It's just like, uh, it's such a widescreen version of this feeling. Very big, yeah. Yeah, which maybe is, uh, because I mean, we're talking about like feeling this song and like seeing ourselves here and like having been there. Mm Mm-hmm. So maybe it's a maybe this is a totally intentional choice to yeah. like uh you know implicate us all in this we're yeah. all traitors. Yeah yeah for sure. I mean even just the title. It's oh like yeah. So, yeah, it's just like th- that this act makes you a traitor to love. Yeah. It's like true. It's like yeah. <laughs> I can't deny it. For sure. But yeah, damn. That well there's an interesting um thing that an annotation that I saw listed on genius uh, that he talked about, he had a quote saying the traitors about failing or betraying some mission you were mandated to fulfill and being unable to fulfill it. And then coming to understand the real mandate was not to fulfill it, but to stand guiltless in the predicament in which you found yourself, which honestly I find like a little confusing Yeah. in terms of, everything we've been talking about (laughs) because and it's definitely not the the impression that i'm left with by the end of the song either so i just find it curious that he said that (laughs) yeah i mean i do find like a bit of um defensiveness in the last verse oh absolutely i kiss her open mouth and i praise her beauty and people call me traitor to my face it's a little bit like you fuckers yeah yeah don't call me a traitor so that connects a bit with this, like, wanting to stand guiltless in the in the face of these actions. But, but I mean, this is kind of like what we talked about last time with the Paper Thin Hotel. It's like, yeah. it's both these things at once. Like, yeah, he can be defensive right. about this, but he also knows that this isn't right. Yeah, know? but then that's what I find curious is, like, does he stand guiltless? 
Like, that's what he's saying it's about, but, like, does he? Yeah, that's not what I felt. Yeah, me neither. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting song. Yeah. This is probably my favorite on here. Cool. It wasn't last week, but I think now it is. (laughs) Cool. But then we'll move on to uh, Our Lady of Solitude. We. This is kind of like a much inferior taste of what's to come from Leonard Cohen, I think. You mean on this album or just in the future? In the future. Oh, interesting. Okay. But much inferior. Oh, damn. (laughs) Well, I I mean, I guess I would say this is another one where I like the idea. I like I like the idea of a woman representing solitude. Mm. And uh yeah, I guess truly I don't have a lot to say about it. I had I had one specific note, but that might be better reserved for later. I'd rather hear whatever it is you have to um sure. have to say about it. Um I don't even hate the song. It's okay. Yeah. But I have two very specific problems with it. Go on. One, his voice isn't ready yet for this. Mm. He goes very low and it just doesn't have the weight mm. and the um the, the grit yeah and like <laughs> the authenticity almost oh really like it sounds a bit like he's putting it on whereas like i think by the next album but just more and more as we go on he'll be able to inhabit that sound yeah just like it's just come becomes the uh, default sound basically for uh-huh. his voice. Um, so it's cool that he's trying it, but I just don't think he's ready. Yeah. Um, and the second, there's a verse in here that says her dress was blue and silver, which is just like that meme, by the way. Um, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> her dress was blue and silver and her words were few and small. Mm-hmm. She is the vessel of the whole wide world. Mistress or oh, mistress of us all. Yeah. And this is, uh, I don't like this because he's within the verse. He's explaining why the verse doesn't work because (laughs) the problem with this is that the words are not few and small enough. Like this isn't a very big epic song, but then he's going to say she's the vessel of the whole wide world. Mistress of us all. He loses me there. It's just like, this is Mm. way too, way too strong of a wording for this song to sustain i think and i just uh i I just don't feel like it's true which part the the second half yeah but then it kind of just extends to the song yeah i see i just don't think uh his poetic meter is uh on right now for this one Mm. uh this song has um garth hudson of the band playing that creepy little keyboard oh okay just a little factoid yeah uh, but yeah, I find myself getting pretty tired at this point in the record. Okay. Yeah, fair. So we'll move on. Great. <laughs> the Gypsy's Wife. Mm-hmm. The Romanese Wife. Yes. Yeah, this whole album has like this uh, quote-unquote gypsy sound to it. Or not the whole album, but anywhere where Rafi Hikopian is playing that violin. Mm-hmm. I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if you're supposed to say Romany sound. I don't know if that has a meaning. Um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, you know what I mean. Yeah. But it's interesting. You compare like uh, Bob Dylan's Desire came out in 1976 where uh, Scarlett Riviera is playing violin on that. Right. In uh, sort of a similar style in a sense. It's got this like Eastern European kind of quality to it. Yeah. 
but like, wow, what a difference. I don't know if you know those songs very well, even though I like hurricane it's there. No. Um, she, I mean, she, she was young and she was someone who knew what the, the kids were up to. Okay. <laughs> Not that, uh, you know, Leonard's after that on this album, but there's like such a stark contrast and like, obviously the violin playing is beautiful on this album. Yeah. But like, it's, I don't, it's not really enough to, um, base a song like this around. I yeah. I think this and the guests and to a lesser extent, some of the others, mm. it's just not doing enough for me. Yeah. Fair. Even though it is undeniably beautiful playing. Mm-hmm. For sure. I, uh, I like the first verse of this one. It's got a nice introduction for the rest of the song. And where, where, where is my gypsy wife tonight? I've heard all the wild reports. They can't be right. But whose head is this she's dancing with on the threshing floor whose darkness deepens in her arms a little more? Very mysterious, unusual um, imagery. Whose head yeah. is this she's dancing with? Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. And threshing floor. is a... Right. Yeah, it's kind of a mix of strong images while still having that abstractness that we've been talking about. Very much so, yeah. This is definitely the most abstract of the cuck songs so far. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yet also the most angry, not performance-wise, God, no. There's, there's very little passion to be found right. in this performance. <laughs> yeah. Um, but lyrically, uh, like at the end, he's uh, speaking to the man with who's with his gypsy wife and saying... You who come between a man and woman will be judged. And he's invoking yeah. like uh, the final days and the darkness and the flood and this judgment. It's, uh, mm. it's pretty harsh for uh, a guy who is just sleeping with anybody. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I guess he's uh, he's going through it. Yeah, clearly. I like the second verse the best. It yeah. kind of gives me like a... Stories of the street, you know, like a one of us cannot be wrong vibe almost. Oh, um, interesting. The silver knives are flashing in that tired old cafe. A ghost climbs on the table in a bridal negligee. She says, my body is the light. My body is the way. I raise my arm against it all and I catch the bride's bouquet. Mm. That just seems the most, uh, it's the verse I can, I can get into the most. I can inhabit the most. Yeah. And I can feel like I'm there the most. Well, I'm certainly curious about your fit because whenever there is some idea in anything really, but when we're talking about Larry Cohen, if there's some idea around, you know, sexuality or gender, I do have to grab at it. And I'm I'm struck by I raise my arm against it and I catch the bride's bouquet when that is traditionally um women that that catch the bouquet. True. I was thinking of it more as like a, like a joke almost. Okay, go on. Like you raise your arm. Just to be like, oh, get out of oh. here. And then just like the bouquet just falls in your hand. Oh, I like that. Um, That's good. But yeah, I don't know. No, I like that. Even, <laughs> even if even if that's not what I was being going for. Like I didn't even, th- that thought didn't cross my mind. But well, that that's is sort funny. of why I'm comparing it to one of us cannot be wrong. For sure. It's this little like jokey energy. But uh, yeah, I might be uh, just making it up. Uh, It's very hard to tell because his performance uh, (laughs) gives no indication one way or the other. It's working for me, though. Yeah, I don't know. I'm about to fall asleep at this song, honestly. Cool. Shall we move on? Yeah. (laughs) From the gypsy's wife to the smoky life. Hey, that rhymes. Hey. 
This is better. I dig this one. Yeah. Yeah. This um, this is a similar sort of vibe to Came So Far for Beauty. Yeah. Um, reminds me a lot of they both do of Paul Simon. Uh, still crazy after all those after all these years. Oh yeah. That that like jazzy electric piano. Uh huh. I really like the way the electric piano like answers the vocal lines. Oh yeah. It's really cool. And then they like raise the stakes on that sort of in the chorus. Yeah. With the vocals and the horns. Really cool stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. The, the, I mean, cause the, the song's called the smoky life and there's sort of the song like feels kind of smoky. The arrangement yeah. of it and the instrumentals. It's People very, call like, the song Sinatra esque. Oh uh, yeah. Sometimes. And yeah, it's got that like, uh, you know, yeah. Nighttime cigarettes and you drink a whiskey kind of vibe for sure and what what a beautiful first line i've never seen your ass so wide <laughs> do, do, have you clocked that it kind of sounds like they're saying no that. i never heard that but <laughs> they yeah. they really go light on the eye sound your ass is looking real wide tonight baby <laughs> how romantic <laughs> i never seen your eyes so wide And yeah, I, that's funny. Yeah, I'm glad you think so. <laughs> and I, I love. Um, they're really harmonizing well. I think so. Oh yeah. That it's it's a song where it carries all the way through, where it's him and it's one of the backup singers, Jennifer Warrens. Jennifer Warrens, and yeah, they they marry quite nicely their voices. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't, <laughs> I don't even remember now exactly, but I have a note that she's really crushing it on verse two. Mm. So I guess that's where she she's crushing really it crushing on, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is also sort of reminiscent of later Leonard Cohen, but like much later. Not to the same degree, maybe. Uh-huh. But there are definitely moments of this that uh, jumped me forward in time. Which, I see. I mean, we'll have to wait to discuss that. But Okay. Anyway, what is the smoky life? Yeah, I I don't know. I I guess it's practiced everywhere. Yeah, that complicates it a bit. Cuz I was I was going to say like the smoky life is something maybe that is sort of um there's a flow to it and there's a sort of you go with that cuz I just picture directly smoke and mm -hmm. it just sort of yeah. is at at the will of whatever elements are around it if it's wind or if there's or, or a lack of wind and it just moves freely throughout although it's not exactly free because it's the way it moves is determined i guess by um yeah the uh, the atmosphere yeah exactly half the atmosphere yes exactly <laughs> but we all are determined by the atmosphere yeah so in answer to your question i don't know <laughs> <laughs> what do you think yeah i mean yeah i don't know either um smoke is temporary and, yes and light yeah this song mentions something being light enough to let it go. Yeah. It's not exactly clear what. It might be the smoky life itself. It's also kind of associated in this like Sinatra-esque way with like fun and, or not necessarily fun, but luxurious living kind of. Yeah. Out on the town. Sort yeah. Of living. So that's the vibe that's in my head, but I don't really know. It also has a, an E in it, which smoky as an adjective does not. It has a has a what in it? An E. It's the S M O K E Y life. Oh, 
Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh. So is it a name? I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that is for a purpose. I asked this question. I don't have any sort of answer. I don't know if anyone does. Yeah. It's just the smoky life. Mm. It comes and it goes. Good enough for me. All right. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've got one more. Yes. The Ballad of the Absent Mayor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, maybe even the most extreme example of something that I love the idea of. Okay. Yeah. But we just don't get there. Mm. I, it starts out really strong. Uh-huh. I almost really like this song. The first half of the lyrics, I think, are pretty great. And there's a great ending also. Yes, there is. And I mostly like the the music. It's a mariachi yeah. band, but less extreme than in um, The Lost Canadian. Uh-huh. It's a little more toned down. It's cool. Yes. And I like the... At the end of each verse, the way that he sings those lines and there's the little like break. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah. So that's all good. Yeah. But yeah, the, the lyrics in like the, the second half until the end, just like lose the thread completely. And I just, it, it turns into that like abstract mush that we've been contending with. This is, this is another one of, uh, this is one of the longer songs on the album. And I, I agree. I think there were definitely some, some. There could have been some editing here. Yeah. Yeah. I I noticed this and it, it brought, well, I don't know. It may be a coincidence, but there are notations in this that echo um, Bird on a Wire. Do you notice that? No. You've got um, right off the top of the song, you've got a guitar plucking just three separate notes. And they're the first three notes of Bird on a Wire. Bam, bam, bam. Oh, I should have noticed that. And then later on, there's a there's the occasional guitar going like blue, bam, 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 which is also from Bird on a Wire. And like, I don't really see a reason why these songs connect in any way, other than that he wrote them both. They're about animals. Sure. But yeah, it just, especially with that opening. Like a bird. That it was literally the first three lead-in notes of Bird on a Wire. I'm like, this can't be a coincidence, but also like, why is this not a coincidence? I didn't know. <laughs> I couldn't make like that clear connection other than just, okay, maybe there's like a thread he just wants it's continuing that sort of thread where it's like all my music is in some way connected. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps. Mm. Uh, I mean, these are the only two songs so far. Very explicitly about an animal. Is that right? They're the only ones jumping to my mind. Yeah. About an animal. Yeah. So. Yeah. There's that connection. Sure. But. Uh, beyond I don't that. Have, I don't have much to say uh, beyond no. that. Um, I mean, there's a. There's, I mean, there's actually, there are themes of uh, freedom connected with this, like would, the, the yeah. horse running away. Good point. So there's not no connection. Yeah. But yeah, that's interesting. Mm. My problem with the, the latter half of the lyrics, when things start to go off the rails, in my opinion, 
<laughs> is that just the story of a cowboy and his horse on the surface is way more interesting to me than like it being a metaphor for a man and woman. Okay. Which it starts to be, it seems. Yeah. I Okay. And I just would so much rather hear a story about a guy and his horse. Yeah. And like, you know, you can let me tease out any sort of connections to my own life. I see in that. But you don't mm. just have to turn it into another like, sure is wild to have a man and woman <laughs> are sad together. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I see what you mean. I think I wasn't quite as bothered by that because I sort of, for me, I had that impression from the beginning. Yeah. Maybe that's also partly because I was just, especially with the last three songs on this album, it seemed more, um, directly about his relationship with Suzanne ending. Right. But I, I, yeah, I see what you mean. And I agree with you. I, I think that that can and that's an interesting thing to explore in a song because that's not I don't think often something that's really like d- sung about. Or yeah, like, well, or, it made me think, and I almost sent you this song beforehand to listen to, but it was probably too off topic. But it makes me think of um, there's a song by Coulter Wall, who's the Canadian young man country singer, <laughs> uh-huh. um, who I was gonna say this is underappreciated. He's quite well appreciated by now, but I don't th- I don't ever hear anyone talking about this song specifically. Okay. Which is called Bald Butte, and it's the last song on his uh, first full-length album. Uh-huh. And it's my favorite of his by, like, a mile. Oh, cool. Um, okay. And it tells a story of a cowboy type of man, anyway. Yeah. And he's got a horse and they get separated. It's not oh. all about that, but there is like a good chunk of it that's about that. And there's like a verse that like has the horse's point of view kind of, or like really centers on the horse. Yeah. In a great way. And I just really love it. And everyone should go listen to Bald Butte by okay, Cold cool. which is honestly the better version. Okay, of cool. The Absent Mare. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, well, I mean, it because it doesn't do what I'm talking about of like making it like forcing it down your throat that it's anything bigger than this. Yeah, because it doesn't need to like that. Like the connection between a horse lover and a horse. <laughs> I don't mean that in a weird way. <laughs> Go on. The connection between a person who loves. That's the same thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I do know what you mean. The, the connection between Aragorn and his horse, Brago, in The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. Now, there's a metaphor we can all understand. <laughs> that's uh, that's plenty for a story. You're right. You're so right. You don't need to do more. And especially because Leonard Cohen actually, in the first half of this, sets up this story so well. He has two incredible moments, one each, to make me fall in love with both of these characters. Uh-huh. Which, after hearing them, I would follow these characters forever. Yeah. And I wish I did, instead of it just being turned into a metaphor. Right. So, for the man, the cowboy, he says, the crickets are breaking his heart with their song. And I'm like, I love you, man. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. And then for the horse... He says, the steam's coming off her. She's huge and she's shy and she steps on the moon when she paws at the sky. Oh, yeah. Like, forget about it. That's this so, is my favorite horse who ever lived. That's so good. Yeah. So just tell me what they do. 
Yeah. You know, just keep it simple. That's, yeah. That's, that's, you that's know, my note. <laughs> that That is fair enough. I mean, this, this was a song that, um, I, I by no means love this song, but it did grow on me a bit, I think. And, and it was an example of one that grew on me when I sat down with the lyrics and it's worth noting, I'm going to say this and, and you'll likely be surprised to hear this. This is the first time, this is the first time a Leonard Cohen song has made me cry. Oh, nice. And it was the very last verse. And uh, actually, if you would, if you wouldn't mind scrolling down, because I am going to read this out loud. Okay. But my darling says, Leonard, just let it go by that old silhouette on the great Western sky. So I pick out a tune and they move right along and they're gone like the smoke and they're gone like this song, Mm -hmm. which, uh, yeah, on its own is just like great words. But for me, it was more just because I I did know before uh, recording today that this that this did come at the time when him and Suzanne were parting ways. And just the whole context of this being the last song and with, you know, the previous albums with especially it was new skin right that was getting a lot into like the sort of misery and pain of like domestic life and that it came to this point where they now go their separate ways and it just it just hit me and it got the got the tears flowing yeah yeah i would i wouldn't have thought i certainly (laughs) not after listening to this for the first time because this was this was a song that like didn't make a huge impression on me when i first listened to this album Mm -hmm. But then, yeah, just reading along with the lyrics, it just it just got me. I love that. Yeah. I think that's a great place to end our discussion of these songs, except to point out <laughs> this little sound that someone makes at the end of the song. <laughs> Yee-hoo. <laughs> Yee-hoo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's uh, recent songs. That's the end. That, that's all of the recent songs that Leonard <laughs> yeah. Cohen has. Uh huh. Um, what did you What did you think? What, what's your overall impression of these recent songs? My overall impression. Let me take a sip of wine. Let's all take a sip of wine. Yes. Why don't we, <laughs> listeners at home, take your sip of wine? <laughs> I don't care if it's <laughs> nine thirty a.m. <laughs> You're gonna take that <laughs> sip of wine. Uh, well, I did say this at the beginning. I was just relieved to have this album after Death of a Ladies Man. With that, not to say that this album was perfect by any means, but it really made me realize listening to Death of a Ladies Man again and again in preparation for our podcast, there was a lot of um, looking for the good. The first listen through the album, I was like, okay, now I have to sort of get used to this sound and then like look a little deeper to, to find in, in some case. I mean, there were maybe one or two small instances where I was like, oh, this is a thing that stands out to me as a thing I like. But there was definitely a lot of having to like search through it. And the things I liked about this album came through a lot clearer. I do think that ultimately, the album overall like isn't great, but I also hear some elements in it, knowing that the tiny bit of Leonard Cohen music that has yet to come, I hear those elements that are going to carry on that we're going to see 
expanded upon or just that that um are used more in his music and that gets me a little excited in the same way with uh new skin how um the changes there had me very excited to see like where the direction that his music was going so overall i think there are certainly things i like about it it's not his strongest but no but that's it (laughs) Yeah, I, th- I think it's fine. Yeah, at um, best, it's uh, pretty wild. But in two thousand and one, so not at the end of his career, he had many more albums to come. Mm-hmm. But he also had several albums between recent songs and then, yeah. as well as all the ones that came before. Sure. And in two thousand and one, Leonard Cohen said that recent songs was his favorite of his albums. Wow, interesting. Yeah. I can't see why (laughs) yeah like that's cool i mean you know it could be a lot of things if you want to like armchair psychologize like obviously there's some connection to his mother yeah um this was like i think a moment of uh a really important moment of like self-expression for Mm -hmm. leonard coming off of death of a ladies man yeah and then deciding to uh take more control yeah of his music yeah. So on a personal level, I get it. Yeah. And on a musical level, maybe uh, maybe I'm just uh, too much of a pleb. <laughs> and, you know, I need too much, like, energy and uh, passion and yeah. reasons to like a song. Sure. I, <laughs> I can't just uh, force myself to get in there and see what's in there. Mm. But I don't know. I just don't know. For me, this is uh, the most boring Leonard Cohen album. Okay. Just uh, period. Well. That's that's it. And it's not to say it's terrible. Yeah. There are, there are songs I like and there are songs that I like more after this week. Like The Traitor really came up for me. Cool. But yeah, it's just, uh, I mean, I'm happy to say that I don't think this is going to happen again. For me, at least, there aren't any albums to come that are this unengaging in yeah. my mind. Yeah. Uh, hopefully you'll feel the same way. I think you will. Okay. I hope so, too. Yeah. No, we're, we're, we're on a, an upward trajectory now. Great. But yeah, it's just, uh, it's just not something I can get behind. Fair. As much as I would like to. As, as like, it's beautiful. It sounds great. Yeah. But it just is lacking in this like human connection, Mm. which is, I mean, Leonard Cohen is so good at even in like a slow, sparse acoustic song, making that connection. Yeah. So it's a shame. And I think brings it down even a little further Mm. to not have that there at all. Yeah. So sorry. (laughs) Sorry, Leonard. Sorry, Leonard. (laughs) You're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that's that's my feelings, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah, fair. Top half, bottom half? Well, I mean, m- my conviction on this certainly like isn't as strong as with uh, Death of a Lady's Man. I, I am going to put it in the in the bottom, though. Um, I think my, my feeling... I probably do like this album at least a smidge more than you do, but it's still... I can't really deny, especially not knowing what's coming. It's just... 
I'm glad we were moving away from Death of a Ladies Man, but it just <laughs> it, it just didn't it didn't hit enough. It didn't bounce back enough for for me to uh, justify putting it in the top. So yeah, it's a I think for me. this was a uh, necessary album for Leonard to do. Yeah, for sure. Um, but very personal. It's, album. it's not necessarily gonna gonna touch us all yeah yeah I'll, I'll put it in the bottom half as well do we have the exact same tops and bottoms yeah we do we do well <laughs> i mean li- listen like the, if, if we're on an uphill uh trajectory here then like for me as someone who doesn't know what's going forward i'm gonna have to make some like just completely blind risky choices yeah so inevitably i think this is where maybe we'll start diverting i think yeah that could definitely be so in the next uh the next few albums. Yeah. I just want to say I would uh, rather listen to Death of a Ladies Man than recent songs. Whoa. Okay. Damn. I'm not saying it's better necessarily. <laughs> yeah. But like, it's less boring. I'd have to sit on that one. I don't know. All right. Sit on it. Well, I- <laughs> sit on it. <laughs> I think they sort of like even out in a way because I see what you're saying, but like also. Yeah, that's yeah. actually. Yeah. That's like. That's the whole weird thing yeah. about this is that they end up at the same place, basically. Yeah, weird. Coming from the total exact opposite starting points. Though the difference is my favorites on recent songs are better than my favorites on Death of a Ladies Man. I think. See, I don't I memories versus traitor. It's gotta be memories. Yeah, but that's that's traitor's your favorite. <laughs> it's not mine. <laughs> memories versus humbled, it's memories. Nah, girl. <laughs> nah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyhow. Yeah, that's that. And uh thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. Oh yeah, and uh so next week um so there is a official live album mm-hmm. of this period from the 1979 tour. Yes. It wasn't released until I think 2000, but oh. it's from the 1979 tour. It's called Field Commander Cohen. Oh. But it's pretty boring. Okay. It's got a lot of faithful renditions of songs from recent songs on it. Gotcha. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm putting together a YouTube playlist. Oh, cool. Because a lot of stuff that I want to put on here is not available on Spotify or Apple Music. All right. Uh, so I'm going to put together a YouTube playlist of what I think are the best and or most interesting live tracks from this era covering new skin through death of ladies man and recent songs. And I will put that in the show notes. I'll share it on Instagram. I'll send it to you, Kinley. Thank you. (laughs) How Uh, exciting. This is great. And we'll all be able to listen to it. And that's what we're going to talk about next week. Excellent. So check it out. All right. Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye, everybody. See you next week.